He was laying in a hammock in Asia and found a random Facebook ad about e-commerce, and it changed his life. He is a success story many times over. He's had his ups and downs in the past also. He lives in and operates from a third world country, and he is going to tell you that that's not an excuse for anybody. He said there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur, and we're going to talk about all of that on this episode. Hi, I'm Tim Jordan, and in every corner of the world, entrepreneurship is growing. So join me as I explore the stories of successes and failures. Listen in as I chat with the risk takers, the adventurous, and the entrepreneurial veterans. We all have a dream of living a life fulfilling our passions, and we want a business that doesn't make us punch a time clock, but instead runs around the clock in the AM and the PM. So get motivated, get inspired. You're listening to the AM PM podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of AM PM podcast. I'm your host, Tim Jordan, and today I have Rodrigo Blanco. Did I say that right? I didn't roll my R's well, perfectly. Less, it works. It works. <laughs> more or less than it works. That's the way I, I get called in America. Rodrigo. <laughs> it works. And Rodrigo, you're coming to us from? Guatemala. From Guatemala. Guate. Great yeah. city of Guatemala. Awesome. And, you, and, and I was just checking out your digs there. I was checking out this like amazing decor. And, and right before I got started, I asked where you were, because that's not like the view that, that I recognize. And you said, well, I'm, I'm still in the original house. You know, I just, just renovated. And the last time yeah. I was in that house, your mother. Paella, remember, yes, with my mom, like your, a full bowl of your, your dear mother made me this special. An, an illegal ham, remember? Yes, yes. A special paella. And the time before that, the illegal ham. I wasn't even going to bring this up. But for those of you that are foodies, listen, one of the most magical foods in this world is jamón ibérico, Iberian ham. It's a special ham from a special pig that's only grown in one place in the world, and it's like the most amazing thing ever, and you can't buy it in the United States because it's not cooked. It's cured. So the FDA says, oh, we can't bring in this cured ham. You can't import it here, really. I think like a few restaurants get a license, but generally speaking, you can't get it. And your mom took me to a Spanish supermarket in Guatemala where you could get it, and we bought an entire ham like a 15-pound ham with the bone in it and everything. And I remember sitting, sitting in your house, wrapping it with layers of newspaper, saran wrap, because what, they ha what happens is they have these like immigration dogs at the airports that are sniffing for food that you're not like produce and vegetables. And, and I was so worried I was going to get caught with this ham. So I smuggled back like a 15-pound ham, an entire hog's leg in my luggage, and I know that they saw it in the x-rays because when I opened it, opened up my luggage, the, the wrapping had been cut and there was one of those little notices from the TSA, your bag has been examined. So I'm like imagining the face of this TSA agent, this, like checking the x-ray and like all these bags. And is that a bone? Is that a leg? And they're like, we got to open up this guy's suitcase and I'm going to... <laughs> A full, big leg. <laughs> a full giant boar's leg in there. That was awesome. So um, if you guys if you guys haven't figured out, Rodrigo and I, we've known each other for a while. I've got some cool experiences with him under my belt. And he's actually been, you don't you may not know Rodrigo how like instrumental you've been on a lot of things in my life. I guess you do know. And some of the things that I've done that have been a little bit crazy and maybe a little bit outside of the realm of normal are, are, are direct results of having met you and getting to be friends with you and learning from you. So 
you've done a lot of things in life and, and right now I know your trajectory is upward and you've got some cool stuff going on, but how did your entrepreneurial journey get started? And the way I remember the story, I didn't remember it all, but I'm picturing you somewhere in Southeast Asia in a hammock. So like frame this whole thing, like how did your entrepreneurial e-commerce journey get started? Well, my entrepreneurial journey started when I was like seven years old because my mom was a businesswoman. So she had this company and she taught me how to do that, how to have employees, how to create value, how to manage things and sell to supermarkets and everything. So I learned it from a very young age. Uh, by the time I was in a hammock in Asia, in whatever, in, in Philippines, in this beautiful island called Palawan, uh, I've already had maybe like 10 companies under my belt, but I've never dealt with e-commerce before. So the thing is, uh, I had this company that we used uh, to do software as a service. So we developed these applications, iPhone, Android, whatever, GPS, triangulation with cell towers and whatever. And then I, I felt really frustrated because I was working too much. I, I didn't feel like I had purpose. I didn't feel like my life had any significance or meaning. So I quit my job. Actually, we had raised uh, over a million dollars in venture funding for that company. I had 30 employees. Uh, I had a co-founder, so I, I quit from the, that, that company. I left my co-founder running that, uh, that company. And I went to uh, Asia with my girlfriend at the time on this soul-searching experience one year to connect with God, to see what he wanted me to do in life, to see what was my next move. And sitting on a hammock uh, with shorts and whatever, just on my phone, I, I remember that I had a little modem, this uh, little modem that I had 256 megabytes each day of internet. It's, it's nothing. You, you have to go to the store to get more internet and whatever. And I saw this Facebook ad uh, of this guy called Scott Walker. I don't know if he still does courses. Like uh, He was putting out podcast episodes like right now. Yep, The Amazing Seller. Yeah, The Amazing Seller. So I saw him. He's like, how I went from zero to $40,000 in uh, six months on Amazon or something. And I just checked his his um, his episode, whatever. I listened to it, and I realized that I knew exactly how that worked. I, I, I've come from an internet background. I've done lots of app, internet, uh, software as a service related stuff. So, oh, Amazon. So you buy something, and there is it's like a SEO, search engine optimization type of thing with keywords. I can totally do that. And I got my credit card. I purchased some stuff from Alibaba directly from the chat. I gave my credit card number to this Chinese girl over <laughs> over Alibaba. She sent like, thermos. Can you believe that? Uh, bear, like, huh? can you believe how sketchy that is? Like, you just sent, you sent your no, credit was, card number to somebody in China over Alibaba yeah. chat. <laughs> and um, I, I gave her my credit card information. She sent me the thermoses, which went via DHL directly to the Amazon accounts um, and. They were there like a week later and I started selling. And I remember the first time that I sold uh, the first month or something, I sold the units and I lost money. So I remember I spent like a thousand dollars and I got back to my bank account using Payoneer $300. So I lost $700. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter so much because it was more like a proof of concept, you know? So if you're able to find a supplier somewhere in China where you've, you've never been and you give them your credit card and you trust them and they someone ship the stuff and reaches Amazon that you don't know how it works and you put PPC and whatever, you try to touch things and somehow people you don't know purchase them and Amazon pays you and you have it in your bank account, it works. It's just a matter of optimization to find better products 
uh, to sell them better, more optimized for a higher margin. But it works because the circle was closed. Yep. So after that, I went to China and I purchased lots of things and I started there. Um, I tend to do a little bit aggressive most of the things that I do. <laughs> no. So I went from nothing to, yeah, I, I went from nothing to hearing all his uh, podcasts. I was hearing like maybe like four podcasts a day, like four hours of, of, of content. I listened to everything, like 150 episodes, I, I believe, in a month. And uh, that was that. And I started with 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 that uh, selling on Amazon. That was maybe I don't know, maybe five years ago or something. Now I'm doing way different stuff, um, and we can talk about that later if if you want. Uh, but that was how I started on Amazon on a hammock on the Philippines, uh, watching and advertising. So the first time that I that I came across you and met you is one of those like sleepless nights for me. I'm up at like two a.m. I had just started the, the business Hickory Flats, so I'm doing sourcing and shipping and a 3PL and all this stuff, and I tell everybody, I don't do that anymore. Don't message me about shipping. I'm out, but I remember doing that, and I'm in one of these Facebook groups, and it might have even been like the FBI High Rollers group, right? And, and I see this post from this guy named Ricardo that says, hey, I need someone to ship this stuff from China directly to the U.S., so I see Ricardo is my dad, but yeah, it, it was for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually uh, sent you a DM, which you're not supposed to do. You know, you're not supposed to like solicit yourself in these groups. Of course, that's what I was doing. So everybody did it. And we got to talking and I'm like, I have a shipping company. So I started shipping at the time it was books. You were like doing self-published, like custom books, which, which you sold a lot of over, over a few years. And we got talking, I started shipping more and more stuff. And I remember like some nightmares. I remember Tim, you've lost these books. I'm like, I didn't lose these books. And I remember us yelling at each other about these stupid books. And I remember shipping once like this entire air shipping, this pallet of heavy books. And they got rained on at an airport in China. And I get them in like the boxes or I don't even know if you know this, like the boxes are moldy. So I have to take them all out of the boxes. The books are fine. I have to repackage them. Me and Rodrigo, for those of you listening, have some history, like some crazy stuff going on. But I remember thinking like, hey, Rodrigo, it was kind of the real deal. And I like to get out and travel the world. I've been all over Central America. I haven't been to Guatemala. I'm going to use this as an excuse. I remember telling my wife like, oh, I got to go to this client meeting in Guatemala, you know, for three days. So Rodrigo, I'm coming. He says, great. And I remember landing at the airport and meeting you for the first time in person. You picked me up in Guatemala City at night and taking me to the hotel. And I, I remember that was the night of the presidential elections in, was it 2016? Yeah. So it was like yeah, November yeah. 2nd or whatever the date was, 2016. Because I remember getting the hotel and watching the presidential elections results. So that like, that's the date that I met you in person. And from there, there's been a lot going on. But what, but what was crazy is on that trip, like I thought, you know, I'd take you out to a client dinner, you know, we'd learn about each other. You said, hey, tomorrow... <laughs> I'm going to pick you up from the hotel and I want you to come meet a bunch of people. I'm like meet a bunch of people. What are you talking about? And you said, I have a bunch of students. I want you to come to come meet them. So can you describe like what, what was going, that was the very first week of this project, but like, what was that project? I, I want to hear your, your description of what was going on there. You know, maybe it, it, it's hard to summarize like in a few words, what was it? But, but the thing is, I've always believed that when you have something, you should share it with other people. If you, if you have, have something that works, if you have something valuable, uh, I think it's your duty and your responsibility. And it's what God would want for me to share with other people what works. 
so that we can bless other people and that they're better and whatever. So I started selling on Amazon and I thought that it was it was going great. My sales were um, coming up. Everything was was um, improving. The business was booming. So I thought, how can I teach this to other people so that they can also get into e-commerce, but not also, not only into e-commerce, but how to have like a meaningful life. Because, you know, being successful in life is not having money. It's not about fame and riches. It's about having, um, I don't know how to say the, the, the word in English, but uh, integral. I don't know if, if that works, but uh, to have family, health, peace, love, money, finance, success, uh, joy, whatever. So um, I decided to start this university, we can call it, this project. I, I didn't know what to call it. The, yeah, the word I was thinking was academy. It's like an academy, yeah, called, life, an academy. called Life it of could, Meaning, which is so cool. Yeah, it could be an academy. So in that academy, I chose seven different people, seven different friends, acquaintances that I knew at the time so that they could come to this place and uh, they left their jobs and we got some investors so that they could pay for the monthly salary that they were earning somewhere else so that they didn't have to work for money and they could be with us like um, like full-time. And there we taught three things, how to do money, how to find purpose, and how to have a relationship with God. So three things, which I believe are important for a human being so um, if you have a spiritual life at least you're, you're not confined to just dying whatever at 80 years old and that's it uh, you have to have a purpose a direction where are you going and to have the financial freedom and the cash so that you can fuel your dreams right so i told them that we wanted to do that they they got on board and for six months we had them in this beautiful office that we rented whatever yeah just <laughs> doing all these courses one of them was Amazon related, right? So everything Amazon related. So I remember, you know, thinking, well, this is weird. You're like, hey, I want you to give a little presentation to these students. Like, and that was the first week of it. So you picked me up the, the next morning. You, came, you gave it to 500 people, remember? I, I, re <laughs> I remember that. That's great. I forgot about that, actually. I mean, I could know. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, yeah. so this was, so, so essentially- and then you, you gave one in Miami. I, yeah. I remember stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about Miami. So, <laughs> so you started selling on Amazon. You understand- sorry, sorry. In Miami, it was when you ate a meatball on the yacht, on the boat, and you got seasick, and you puked all over. Remember that? <laughs> I didn't because puke. I was close. Yes. On the motor yes. of the boat. So that was, that? that was your birthday. So- We've been friends for a few years, so for your birthday, I lined up a deep sea fishing trip, and we went yeah, deep yeah, yeah. sea fishing. Remember, we were catching like giant marlin and tuna, yeah, and and the captain <laughs> of the boat. What he's talking about is he had like tin foil wrapped like meatballs, and he put it on the engine block to cook them while we're fishing, and that was like our lunches. It was crazy, so like, like, like meat, like in the middle of the ocean. Like, what? <laughs> it was crazy, but uh, yeah, I have a tendency to get seasick, so we were catching amazing fish. We were having a great time, but uh, my stomach could not handle it well. But let me go back. You're remembering all this stuff that I forgot about. But you started selling online and you know that life is, you know, not just about having that income, having a lot of cash in your account, you know, that life of meaning, that life of purpose. So you felt, and, and, and I couldn't agree more, like entrepreneurs, we have a responsibility. Like regardless of cash flow, we learn things and we know things and we have a responsibility to grow businesses, to support things to support our families, to use the hopefully increased freedom that we eventually get. It might not always happen, you know, day one, we're working a hundred hours a week, but, but also to teach other people, to empower other people, to, to, to do all this crazy stuff. So you decided the best way to do that was to teach. Now you've kind of downplayed this academy a little bit. You said you found like six or seven people. These people, 
were maybe entrepreneurial in spirit, but did not own businesses. I remember, you know, most of them, to the best of my recollection, were kind of working what we now consider kind of dead end jobs, or they were like trying to get through school, or like they were they were just kind of living a normal life. And you basically plucked them out of their environment and said, "We have investors that are going to pay for your living expenses for the next six months. So not only am I going to teach you, yeah. but we're going to support you. So come with me and for six investors months. Investors were going to get fifty percent of their Amazon." business that yeah was so hook. yeah so so the whole idea was and that was i thought that was brilliant basically you find an investor and say hey you're going to fund this person and you're going to fund like the first ten thousand dollars of inventory or whatever it was and yeah. you get to be 50 percent owners and some some of it worked some of it didn't it was a crazy experiment in life i think it was so cool how you like married this concept of young eager ambitious ready to learn like have a fire in their heart yeah entrepreneurs in in waiting like they didn't even know that they were going to be entrepreneurs with these like successful kind of mentors in general business that didn't know anything about e-commerce but had some money yeah. to bring to the table and it was really, really cool so we were bringing people like every single day to teach them different stuff and the the, the important part i believe is that we were documenting everything so that we can put it online and afterwards just give it away to lots of people yeah. So we gave away like a minute. Actually, we have tens of thousands of users, subscribing users using the platform. So I remember showing up and and when you say office, this thing was amazing. Like it, and it wasn't even supposed to be an office. It was actually an apartment that you were sneaking into every day because you weren't supposed to run a business out of there. Well, but it, was, it was a beautiful apartment that we had like with a loft with two like, like, like different levels. It had a balcony outside. That, yeah. It, it was, was amazing. It, it, it was beautiful. And actually, of those people, some business did not work out, but some actually did. I mean, one of them, Gabriel, just did a successful exit. He got paid uh, lots of money for his business. He, he cashed out like maybe a month ago. So the second time you had me come down, you said, hey, I want you to speak on stage to a bunch of other people who are going to give free training on how to get started on Amazon. And we showed up at this auditorium and there's like 500 people there. There's yeah. 500 people and everybody speaks Spanish except for me. I'm like, you yeah. got this like one gringo up on stage trying to speak to all these people. And I remember I was speaking in English. You were translating for me. But it was incredible. And I, I thought at that point, I thought, man, Rodrigo's on to something. Like entrepreneurship, like the desire to be an entrepreneur is not bound by any borders. Like it doesn't matter where you come from in the world, what's your religion, your ethnicity, your social status, your your wealth or lack of, like we all have this like fire to be entrepreneurs, right? Or those of us that do, it, it's not regulated by a border. But yeah, definitely. for thousands of years of history, your, all of those things I just mentioned had some bearing on your ability to take action on that entrepreneurial fire right? Like some people just had more opportunities than others. And there's still some of that, but I think that some of those barriers are, are being torn down. And I think that my interaction with the Voyagers and your Academy and your whole thing with life of meaning and seeing those 500 people show up to this, this free event that you were throwing and you were funding, you know, to like, it made me realize, oh my gosh, e-commerce is not just a way for me to sell on Amazon and, and make money. Like e-commerce is a way for entrepreneurs around the world to take advantage of these incredible opportunities to sell to anybody, anything, anywhere around the world from anywhere in the world. Like it's the barriers coming down. It's like the great equalizer. 
And it like had this profound impact on me because there were literally, and, and, and I'm not trying to like make this a sad story. And I'm not saying that like everybody in Guatemala or Central America is, you know, poor and it, but it is considered a third world country. You know, we see on, on the news, especially in the past few years, you know, with like the border crisis and stuff going on, like it's, it's a rough place to live for a lot of people. You know, people are, people are desperate. People are starving. I've done a lot of stuff like in Honduras going and building houses and like these people are living on, you know, one meal a day. And there are people that, you know, have been jobless for years and they're living in, you know, homes made from pallets wrapped in old tarps. Like I, like I've seen this, you know, and it was so cool to see all of this effort and this project that you put together, taking the things you had learned as a successful e-commerce seller and, and taking these folks under your wing. But this wasn't just the, you know, taking them under your wing wasn't the bulk of what you're doing. You were creating content to give away for free. Now, tens of thousands of people have done this. And it's so awesome because you never, you were never laying on this hammock, looking at this ad from Scott Volker thinking, hey, I'm like, I'm going to change the lives of people, like potentially tens of thousands of people. And you did. Yeah. And it's because you understood that responsibility. So you're going through, you're teaching these students, like what was... I guess your overall motivation or inspiration behind this project, was it just the fact that you felt a responsibility to empower other people? You know, looking back, um, Steve Jobs used to say that you can't connect the dots looking forward, only looking backward, right? So maybe at the time, I didn't know exactly what the motivation was for doing the things that I did. But now I see it very clearly. And I I believe that uh, we as entrepreneurs, the companies that we found are, are just extensions of who we are or the company should be, right? So I believe my purpose in life is to bless others. My purpose is to expand. My purpose is to be someone who sums and that not that does not take back um, or, or, or someone who gives more than he takes. I don't know how to, how to say it in English. And uh, I believe that every single thing that has worked in my life, um, every single thing that I believe is valuable, I have tried my best to be able to share it with the most amount of people possible not only because it's my responsibility uh but all also because i believe it's something that should be done also because i believe that if you have like an abundance mentality then the universe god karma mother nature whatever you want to call it gives back i believe you can't sell something to someone just by going to their door and knocking and hey do you want to buy this that's not the way life works i believe life works if you give value and you plant and you just give without expecting nothing back and just be a good person and share, come on, ideas are worthless without execution and without uh, actually putting in the work. So my whole life, uh, what I've been doing the last years and what I will continue to do is to just give away everything that I know for free and um, trusting that things will fall together in their place and that the universe will align and that maybe business will come because of that. Just as, as, as an example, I don't know if you have the application TikTok. Well, I, I have it it's for the videos, whatever. And I have on TikTok 230,000 people. Why? Because I share value and I share like uh, hacks, um, advice, inspiration, whatever. And people love it, right? And because of TikTok, I've sold several investments. I've sold several houses. I'm right now in the real estate market in, in the US, in Detroit, and in Ohio. 
I've sold these packages that I sell on Amazon. I've sold consultancy. I mean, I charge $500 the hour for, for, for um, consulting via, via Zoom. And all that comes from giving value. So I have podcasts on Spotify and I have conferences on YouTube and I have TikTok going on. And um, I don't know, you know, my, my videos have been seen on TikTok. Let me show you something. They've been seen on TikTok um, 11 million times in the last 28 days. 11 million times. Check this out. And for those of you that aren't watching this on YouTube, he's showing me a screen that says 11,339,000 views in 28 days. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that's extremely valuable. And why is this? Because I share value, because I share what's working, because I'm transparent, because I give without expecting nothing in, the, in return. And believe me, I've never closed more deals and I've never done more business than what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's amazing. And, and this doesn't just apply to a service business. This can apply to a product business. You know, people, anything, anything at all, provide value going above and beyond. And it sucks yeah. at first because you're front loading everything. Like it's not easy to put out video after video after video after video with three views a day and 12 followers. But when you do that, you're just investing because all that stuff comes back. It's, I tell people a lot of these yeah. things are like pulling back a slingshot. Like when you're pulling back that slingshot, it's a lot of effort. But the further yeah. back you fold it when you release it, the farther the rock goes, right? The way I see it is like every piece of content that you have out there or every free thing that you do for someone else. But maybe this applies more to the internet because if you can do a good deal to someone else, like help someone out, and maybe that person will speak to someone else about you and maybe it will have like positive externalities um, down the road. Maybe not. But on the internet, it's, it's more palpable because if you post something online that's worth something and that creates value, it's there forever. And the return of investment can be extremely high. For example, I went once on a podcast with this guy called Marcel Barrascut, maybe like two years ago. So we've talked about entrepreneurship and Amazon and whatever. And I get maybe once every days a call from someone, hey, I heard you in the podcast on Spotify, which happened years ago. So the return of investment for my time spending there, which is two hours, is infinite right and the way i see it is that when you create value and when you use the internet it's like putting a net out there and and, and the metaphor that i like to use is is, is one in, in in the bible i don't know if you're catholic if you do believe or not whatever it doesn't matter but on the bible there's um this story where, where jesus goes to the the, the, the disciples and they're, they're they're fishing right and he says throw the nets and this guy called peter says hey we've been here all night fishing and nothing has happened on my on my name throw the nets, like, trust me, have faith. So they throw the nets and they have all this miraculous fishing and abundance and all these fishes come, whatever. So what I tell the people that, that I mentor and the people that, that I meet is, okay, so you, you want to be successful and you want to make money and you want your, your company to flourish and you want your name to, to be worth something and you want to be recognized and you want to have a monopoly on your niche. How many nets do you have? How many nets have you planted? Each net is a conference that you give and you give value for free and it's there on YouTube. Each net is an Instagram post that you do, an, an Instagram live, a TikTok video, a blog post, whatever. Uh, and my my ideal customer is someone that says, hey, Rodrigo, I want to invest on, on this company. I want to buy this inventory of products. I want to buy a, a portion of this house, whatever, because I heard of you on a podcast 
And then that took me to a web page, which I saw a YouTube video, which spoke with a free YouTube course. Uh, and then I scrolled on TikTok and I've seen so many contents that I'm convinced that you're a good guy. You have earned my trust. I believe what you believe and I'm ready to invest. Man, that's, that's the awesome. only way that you should close deals, not the other way around. Because you have to give, you have to give before you take. That's like a law of life. And that's the way that I do everything. I, 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 ne I never uh, chase deals. I never go to offices to pitch. I, I never pitch. I just do my stuff. And, and people out there um, see it. And, and, and the idea is not to do business with anyone that wants to do business with you, but to do business with people who believe what you believe. And you can only reach those people if you put out content and value without expecting anything in return. That's amazing. So <laughs> there's so much there to unpack and we don't have time to get into all of it. I was going to ask you things like, you know, what have you done after, after this Voyager product, this life of meaning project? And it sounds like, you know, you just continue to put out content and you're getting into all sorts of different business verticals. You're meeting all sorts yeah. of people, crazy so, stuff going on. Just as a summary of where I am right now, I have uh, two Amazon stores. They're doing well. They're, they're, they're growing. Um, my main, well, and some of my main businesses are I'm selling inventory lots to people that want to sell on Amazon in Latin America. So for example, if someone wants to get into the Amazon business, if they, if they want to start an Amazon company, I will sell them inventory in my warehouse in Houston. I have a warehouse in Houston and I sell them for $10,000, 3,500 units of different products, private label that my team already researched with the images, the photography, the listing, the bullet, the description, PPC, blah, 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 so that they can start selling. And uh, it's going a, a long rate. I'm selling lots of those. So that's a thing that I do. I have the warehouse in Houston because before we used to have another warehouse, but the expenses were too much. And now I have my own warehouse. It's cash flow positive. And uh, I might be in the process of selling that warehouse. I don't know. And I'm also in the business of um, buying uh, properties in, in Detroit and in Cleveland, Ohio, and fixing them, putting tenants in there, and selling a fraction of the house to investors in Latin America. So I have access to these amazing deals uh, in the Detroit area of homes that have been foreclosure or whatever, uh, extraordinary assets. So I purchase them, I fix them, I put a tenant in there and someone in Guatemala, I told them, hey, do you want to have a high return of investment on your, on, your, on your money? In Guatemala, the real estate market is a bubble, it's super expensive, it's not profitable or, or not a good investment at all. In here, you get like 2% return cash on cash on real estate. So I offer them 10% or a little bit more on dollars and they can purchase 20% of a house and my team manages the houses. So now we have several houses and I would like to have 200 houses in the near future. So that I'm doing that. That's awesome. So I'm doing houses, the inventories, the warehouse, uh, some consultancy. Um, I have a video company now that we do YouTube, whatever, for, for music bands in, in Guatemala. I do several stuff. But mainly, I, I do things that um, impact people and that add value to people. For example, the TikTok, uh, I, I'm not doing that for fun. I'm doing that, that as a job. I, I, I may spend three hours a day doing that. I mean, it's a lot. And my cost of, 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 my cost of opportunity, my opportunity cost is high. Um, but I believe the return of investment, not only on the monetary part, but on the well-being part and on the purpose part, is super high. So I'm putting out content, I'm helping people, I'm doing business, I'm having fun, and I'm playing Monopoly in real life. Check this out. I have Monopoly of Game of Thrones here. <laughs> nice. Check this out. 
if you push a button, how cool is that? Huh? <laughs> Bringing back the old Manny slogan. I love it. All right. So you've got this great story. You know, you're the Guatemalan, you know, mogul. You're doing great. But <laughs> I'm not the Guatemalan mogul. But I, <laughs> no, I, but, so but, but you've also got a pulse on reality on your local culture on latin america or specifically central america i recently saw this and you sent me a message you're trying to raise money and, and i saw this image on social media of you standing in the back of an 18-wheeler a semi-truck that's like the dump truck you know like this huge 18-wheeler dump truck full of melons right <laughs> yeah and and tell me about that tell me about this this dump truck full of melons you know I believe with having a good, one of the most important things that a man has is his name and his reputation and his, and his brand, his personal brand, right? And uh, I'm not yet where I want to be, but I'm going in the right direction. And when I say something, people hear. And when I propose something, people hear me out, which is good. So with this whole COVID-19 coronavirus stuff, people um, are not working, people are dying of hunger, and it's crazy. And I, and, I, and I posted with some of my contacts, hey guys, so does someone have like a full container of food that can donate to me because I'm gonna give it away to some people. If someone else says that, he will be catalogized as crazy, like give, give away like full container, what? I mean, I'm not purchasing. But, 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 you know, people hear me out and, and, and someone out there, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you 38,000 melons, 38,000 melons. That's amazing. And the melons were like six hours away in Guatemala, in a, in a place called Zacapa, very far away. Uh, so I asked again on my social media, hey, guys, someone would like to donate uh, that transportation for these melons? And someone, yeah, I have trucks and we did the whole thing or whatever. And um, my brother, like, like he organized all the volunteers and he delivered the melons. And, and it, it was amazing because we were able to give uh, 38,000 families uh, a melon to eat, which of course it's not so much and it would be amazing to just give them food for a whole month. But, but you know, it, it, it's something that you can do. And, and this week we're giving some uh, pickups, uh, pickup trucks filled with pineapples, which is good. Um, I posted something on my Instagram that, that if you gave $15, you can purchase a bag full of meals and rice and beans and sugar and oil. And we raised enough food for like maybe 250 families uh, doing that. Uh, so yeah, so besides my entrepreneurial business, Amazon money related house thing, I think it's my responsibility to help. Uh, as Spider-Man says, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and if you have 220,000 people on social media following you and hearing what you say, you might as well use it for a good thing and not just for your selfish purposes. And I think that's uh, what needs to be done. So I'm, I'm always trying to help out. I'm always trying to, to do what's best and to do what's right um, and trying to help uh, people out. People who are having a, a tough time and maybe a melon, a pineapple and a bag of rice and, and beans, even if that doesn't solve the situation, uh, if we all did something like that, it would solve the situation. Yeah. But at least I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put my, my, my grain of salt or my 38,000 melons into yeah. that, that problem. So let me ask you this. I know that, that as we're you know, looking at this COVID thing and the, the impact that it's having on businesses and the economy, the headlines are all focused on 
basically China and the US, a little bit of Europe, a little bit of UK, but nobody's talking about what's going on in these underdeveloped countries. I've, I've been told that third world countries, that term is, is a negative term. We shouldn't say that. So I'm trying to teach myself to use the term underdeveloped countries. So, you know, you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on. How is COVID affecting the economy and the livelihood and the families of people in places like Central America that we're already having a tough time? Definitely, I can't understate the disastrous impact that it has had. The problem is that people here live on a day-to-day -day basis. They have informal jobs and they sell stuff in the market and they uh, sell stuff so that they can eat that day, right? So in Guatemala, we have quarantine and people can't go out for four days and then you can go out, but only for five hours. And, and you know, people lost jobs. Of course, lots of companies went bankrupt. And I think uh, the impact is horrible all across the globe, uh, but I think in underdeveloped third world countries like Guatemala, the impact is felt more, right? And it's a it's a moral dilemma, a decision which I still not know yet which is the better answer, to just open everything up and have herd immunity and whatever, YOLO, and people will die, but at least life goes on, or we close everything, we contain everything, and we save people, but the economy gets hammered it's tough and the truth is nobody nobody knows the answer you know the brightest minds in the world are looking at this but i think yeah. it's 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 worth noting that you know the headlines are on places like the u.s where the government can give stimulus checks and help pay rent but nobody's also, looking at also, you yeah. know how much is that is is the the stimulus check 100 quetzales which is 125 dollars and they offered the stimulus check maybe one month and a half ago it has not re reached yet Oh, no. And once you reach it, what are you going to do with $125? Is that all the help that the government is going to give you? So it's, it's not a solution. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But you know, things like this happen. This is a black swan. And I have the confidence and the faith that this too shall pass. Everything shall pass. By the moment that maybe you that are hearing us in YouTube or whatever cities, this already passed. Because life is in cycles. We have bad times and good times. We have uh, pandemics a lot of different times. Uh, if it wasn't this, maybe it was a war. If it wasn't a war, it was Godzilla. If it wasn't Godzilla, it was the aliens <laughs> or global warming. We're always going to have trouble, but it's our responsibility to have a good attitude during the trouble and to solve as much as we can. And with the tools that we have, with everything that we have around, to try to bless the people around us. I no agree. matter COVID or pandemic or war or not war. We need to continue like, like working because it's what we're uh, called to do. So let's right now address those of you that are listening or those of you that are interested, but especially those of you that are, that are listening from or living in these areas of less opportunity historically, right? Let's talk, let's talk to people that, and, and I, we know that people, this sounds crazy to say, but people are listening all over the world to this podcast. What are some of the struggles that you found of launching a business and being a business owner in one of these underdeveloped countries that maybe someone like me, a typical gringo, wouldn't understand and wouldn't appreciate? What are some of the struggles? I believe there, there's several struggles, but people have grown up with the mentality that the most they can strive for is to have like a normal job and just to have a family and that's it. So maybe we don't have the American dream in the souls. So maybe it starts with that mentality, right? Then um, as a second thing, I believe a lot of Guatemala uh, is not well 
uh, nourished like with food and everything since they're little. So maybe they're not developed as well as someone in a first world country should be. Uh, it, it's a different thing if you have a little baby and you give him all your nutrients and vitamins and love and whatever, or if you only give him beans and tortillas. It's different. I, 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 I can't compare the, the, the two different things. Also, we have um, a weaker economy, like the, the quetzal is uh, eight quetzals for a dollar. Uh, we have low penetration of banks and low penetration of credit cards, which makes very dif difficult the penetration of internet because how are people going to buy from you if they can't buy from you because they don't have a credit card so it's it's all all, all these different things i believe um, that in every single situation you have struggles and you have opportunities so maybe the opportunities is we have less competition maybe you can innovate maybe you can create structures that didn't exist before um, but I believe you can be an entrepreneur everywhere even in the us in guatemala in congo in afghanistan I believe where you are is not an excuse, is not a valid excuse for not doing it. You have to take the most opportunities you can wherever you are, right? So maybe it's a different uh, scenario, different reality than in the US. I'm not saying better, not, not saying worse for entrepreneurship, just different. We, we have to make the best that we can out of it and try to take our entrepreneurial spirit as much as we can and to do, do stuff no matter where you are. So right now, let's assume that you're speaking to somebody listening that's in one of those areas where, where they don't have all the tools and resources that they might find in a first world country. Or maybe they're in a first world country, but they're, I mean, there's poverty here. There's people in, in horrible you know, situations here. Let's talk to somebody that doesn't have, on the surface, the resources, the luck, the, the opportunities that, that they see other people around them have. What would you tell them as far as, as the great equalizer, the opportunity that digital entrepreneurship offers them, whether it's affiliate selling or digital marketing or e-commerce or whatever, what would you tell them if you, if you had to give them like one line of encouragement about you know, the, the way the world has changed in the past 10 years and their additional opportunities that they have now that their parents you know, might not have had? Well, you know, the internet came to break away all the barriers and to democratize access um to riches so to speak or to or to money or, or to access to capital or to billions of possible customers right uh, it's never been easier to form a business or a company or to start uh something online as it is right now if you buy a website in godaddy and you put a wix on it or a shopify store or whatever you could be up and running with 30 dollars so not having resources is not an excuse right it's not about having resources. It's not about having luck. It's about being consistent. It's about learning. As everything that is worth something in life, you have to put time and you have to put effort and you have to be the best in what you're going to do. No matter if you're going to be into e-commerce, into Amazon, or if you're going to be a doctor, or you're going to clean floors, whatever you do, you have to be the best in what you do. Uh, and for being the best in what you do, you have to learn. You have to put in the effort. You have to put in the times. Uh, but, you know, we have... Uh, as human beings, we all have 24 hours in a day. So it's not an excuse that you don't have time. It's just that you're not, not prioritizing uh, this over other things that you might be prioritizing for. And also, um, knowledge is free. With YouTube and all these online free courses, there's no excuse to learn in any language uh, exactly. or in English or in Spanish or, or, or in Pakistani or whatever. I'm not a, a, a big fan of excuses. 
Um, so I believe one line of encouragement is that it's never been as easier and as cheap to get a business up and running as it is right now. And it will be like a huge irresponsibility on our parts to not take advantage of the opportunity. What, as in whatever you do in life, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. You know what? If you take a traditional job, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. If you are unemployed, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. If you're an entrepreneur, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. I believe in the board game of life, there's no easy paths. Like all of them are complicated. All of them have struggles. Yep. But maybe there are more fulfilling paths. And I believe the most fulfilling path is the one that you choose, is the one that you architect, is the one that, that you build. And whatever you do in life, whatever entrepreneurial journey you choose and whatever company you decide to form, it should be an extension of your purpose. You, you, you shouldn't just go into Amazon, I'm gonna go to Amazon to sell money and I'm gonna sell uh, these cups. Why? Not just, just to make money. Now, come on, if your purpose in life is to, is to I don't know, help the, the dogs in the, in the streets, well, whatever, then do something related to that so that your job will not feel as a job for something that you do with passion and something connected with your soul and with your purpose. Uh, and if you find a way to make that this company is an extension of your purpose, then maybe work is not going to feel like work. It's going to feel like fun. And maybe it's still going to be hard. It's still, still going to have obstacles. But it's better to have a job that fulfills you and gives you joy than that one that doesn't. In, in that, we, we, we can agree on so people shouldn't shouldn't just be scared. I believe that it's it's okay to fail. If you start a company and it goes horribly bad, you can do it again. And if it goes horribly bad, you can do it again. Agreed. Uh, nothing that's important and nothing that is worth something was completed and built on the first try. Uh, imagine Thomas Edison giving up after the first time. I'm gonna build this light bulb. I didn't work. Yeah, whatever. Screw it. That's not the way life works. You have to put in the time and the effort. And everything that is worth something is difficult. But it's better to find something difficult that gives you joy and purpose and meaning. Absolutely. There's so many things like I want to just reiterate, but you said it so much better than I possibly could have. I love the concept of not having an excuse. And, and there's so much stuff free out there. You know, I've always heard the expression like, like effort trumps talent and tenacity trumps, you know, Definitely. opportunity. Definitely. If someone every single day doing something for five years, it's definitely going to beat the expert brainiac with a 200 IQ that doesn't do anything. Exactly. And now it's even better than that because you don't have to have a formal education. You don't have to have money to go to college. Like the education is out there. You know, Rodrigo mm -hmm. got to start e-commerce listening to, you know, Scott Volker podcast. I mean, there's so much free information out there. They, the excuses are dwindling, you know, the, the opportunities are growing. And especially for, for those of you that, that feel like you're stuck, that feel like you don't have the opportunities and the, the resources to get started that, that other people do, take a look around you and realize that those opportunities are disappearing. And if you want to take action, if you want to change your life, the lives of others, if you want to have a life of meaning as Rodrigo, you know, preaches about like now is the time to do that. And it has to happen now because you don't want to wake up 10, 15, 20 years from now and wish that you had because the excuses yeah. are disappearing. Awesome. Definitely. Dude, I could talk to you for hours. But we have to shut it down. We're like, we're like at 45 minutes or something, which they told me like, yeah, you got to cut that. So 
we'll cut it out. But dude, thank you for being on. It's been too long since we've talked, too long since we chatted. I'm ready to uh, ready for this travel ban to stop so I can get you up here. I can come down there and visit you, eat some of your mom's paella. wonderful paella, smuggle illegal hams back and uh, maybe do this something. This is your house, man. This is your house and whenever you want to come, you know, I know. you're always, this was fun. It thank was you fun. for having me over. Well, thanks for being on. Hey, if people want to track you down, how can they find you? How can they find you on TikTok? The free information you have, if you if you speak Spanish, you want free information, the Life of Meaning Project, like just start shouting out how they can how they can track you down. The easiest thing is uh, in, on, on my website, you can find all my projects. So the real estate, the buying inventories, the warehouse, Life of Meaning, uh, a free YouTube course, uh, everything. So my, my name is Rodrigo Blanco and the, the domain is es Rodrigo Blanco, which in Spanish means uh, it is Rodrigo Blanco. So maybe you can write it down somewhere. But <laughs> it's in the show notes. Es Rodrigo. I can't remember. Rodrigo Blanco. Rodrigo. That's the uh, that's the old the old gringo try there. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for watching. Fun, Thanks for Rodrigo for being on. Those of you that are watching, make sure you smash that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us, like us, share us. All that good stuff. If you found value in this, all we ask is that you share it with somebody else that might want to hear it or see it also. Thanks again, Rodrigo, and we'll see all of Thanks you on the next episode. Thank you for everything. Yep, we'll see you on the next episode of AMPM Podcast.